welcome to Daikaiju Network, where we have a very healthy obsession with Kaiju. I'm your co-host, Kenton. With me is your other co-host. Jason, how's it going? It's been a long time, but we are back. My voice cracked there like a teenager brings back <laughs> awful memories. But here we are doing a commentary. We are doing the Japanese version of Godzilla vs. Monster Zero, a.k.a. Invasion of Astro Monster, a.k.a. Monster Zero. <laughs> It's one of my personal favorite films. I've talked about it here and there over the course of the now 11 years that we've been doing this podcast. And well, not just uh, your favorite, but basically the majority of the people's favorite. Uh, well, kind of. I, I, I don't want to necessarily speak for everybody. I've seen some discussions in various uh, social media groups where there are some people that are middle of the road about it. There are a few, uh, albeit very minority, that don't care for it. Um, so if you hate this movie, too bad. You're stuck with us. Either that or you can go watch college football or something. But yeah. <laughs> But here we are. We're doing 1965's Invasion of Astro Monster, one of my personal favorites. I don't know. Jay, is this in one? Like, would this be in your top 10 or something? Yeah, it would be in my top 10. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I'm just going to say this right now. One of the reasons why this movie is. Uh, in my top 10 uh, it's for a number of different reasons one reason is I do have immense nostalgia for this film uh, I remember we rented this movie along with uh, Mothra vs. Godzilla at a local video rental store like 27 years ago now um, and, and then I can remember every year when uh, TNT had Mothra that too. That's that was always advertised and everything with the commercials and then even shown it multiple times over the uh, years when we were kids back in the early to mid 90s. Yeah, that too with TNT's Monster Vision during that same period of kind of the mid 90s. Uh, not only that, I think the dubbing in this is fantastic. Um, I, I, it's one of my favorite dubs out of the entire Godzilla saga. Um, not only that, I, I do love the acting in this film. I think the acting is just superb despite the fact this movie is banana oil. Um, it's, I mean, it is. No, seriously, like, you know, this is I know, where the. I know you're serious but it's just kind of funny what a funny word to hear i borrowed it from the dub of godzilla raids again um <laughs> but i mean this is kind of where the series during the show era really kind of you know just started going nuts because you started getting bits of that with the previous film gidra the three-headed monster now we are in full-blown like fun, goofy Showa-era stuff. And I'm not saying that stuff to make fun of it. It's fact. You had movies that, in a sense, were kind of grounded during the first four. King Kong versus Godzilla, eh, you know, it was kind of a comedy and, and, and that sort of thing. But still, it tried to ground itself more in, in kind of some seriousness. Here, for sure, you know, the you know, the, the, the shark has left the tank and started eating people here. Like, this is really where things are getting goofy because you're talking about space aliens. You're talking about somehow Earth organisms able to breathe on a planet that has no atmosphere. In fact, no oxygen. Bah. You know, and it is it is a goofy film. But, yeah, I love the, I, I love the acting. I got a lot of nostalgia for it. I think it's just a hell of a lot of fun. And that's one of the things that I love about it. It's just a lot of fun. It's like Godzilla and Rodan can't breathe on Planet X. 
whatever we'll we'll make it work <laughs> so uh, it, this is just a fun film it's one of my personal favorites uh, i'm a little bit biased you know in my love for it but hey we all have some built-in biases to or for something right so what we're doing today is we're actually watching it because uh well since jason is packing up and he doesn't have his uh physical films right now uh we're actually watching it on hbo max so and anybody it, who watches japanese this, cut i was about to get to that <laughs> and it is the japanese cut so Anybody who in the future is looking to listen to this commentary, be aware um, that you may have to slightly fast forward, maybe a tad on your disc in order to kind of sync up roughly to where we're at because this is, you know, HBO Max, you know, the streaming stuff is set up differently than if you're doing a disc. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're using today to watch this film. Japanese cut of Invasion of Astro Monster. Don't worry, folks. We will eventually at some point get to the English dub of Invasion of Astro Monster. And it's I know I talked right about the now. dub. Yeah, I, I know I talked about the dub earlier as yeah. being one of my favorite reasons why I love this film. Um, you know, that's not what we're watching today. So I'm sorry if I uh, led anybody astray there. But you know what? If you are watching this on disc, all you do is just hit the audio button on your player. Quick fix. So we're watching on HBO Max. Uh, I'm going to go three, two, one, go. I don't need my Blu-ray player. What the hell? Um, <laughs> see, even I'm getting screwed up. Uh, we're going to go three, two, one, go. When I say go, that's when we started, okay? So here we go. Three, two, one, go. All right. Then I'm gonna so a little bit of a slight the, delay uh, there. Commentary cam here. So HBO Max, we got the three dots loading. <laughs> Uh, has it loaded? Okay, there we go. It just started. There's the Criterion logo for me. Yeah, it, it just, the Criterion. Now I got the Janus film. Okay, well, you're a tad bit ahead of me then. Let me see if I can fast forward. I did not realize that these were the Criterion collection. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Criterion grabbed most of these here a while ago. I'm wondering if, uh, was it? WB owns Criterion Collection. So where are you at in the film right now? Uh, showing the uh, the main title, and it Shit. just disappeared, and now it's showing the credits. Uh. <laughs> oh man, you're like ahead of me. Let me get. It. Oh come on, show me a preview on the fast forwardness. Okay. This is going to be wonderful since I don't have any English words to like try to sync anything up here with where you're at. So I do love the, a lot of these Japanese title cards. I hope I'm kind of where you're at now. Yeah, man. Oh man, and there's still loading. Mark. Minute twenty-two. Oh my gosh, you're like quite a bit ahead of me. <sighs> then it's got to load. I should have gotten ahead of you by a couple seconds. I'm having loading issues here. Now, where are you at? Sorry, folks. Uh, minute 50. Son of a bitch. What is going? I'm going to get like a few seconds ahead of you here just so when this thing gets done loading, hopefully we're synced up. Okay, come on. Okay, now where are you at? 
a minute, uh, two minutes, 15. Give me a fucking break. Just don't worry about it. You're just going to have problems. I'm going to get ahead here. There we go. uh, Once this gets done loading, I'm going to do the final. I'm at 221. Uh, Oh, fuck this thing. Sorry, folks. All right, well... Wait a minute, this is the English dub. I'm at 2.48 now. 2.57. Okay, well, that's about as good as I'm going Okay, so never mind. This is the English dub, but it's got... <laughs> HBO Max is screwing everything up here because when I watched Godzilla Raids again a few months ago, it was strictly Japanese. Yeah, now you made me do some false advertisements on the streams now. Thanks a lot. <laughs> it's not my fault. That, like, everything had been Japanese. Can you change that right now in the middle of this? I'm not going to. Well, then I got to go ahead and redo my notes because now technically we are doing the English. You'll just have to remember to redo it when we get done here. All right, got to redo all this. Sorry, folks. Like, I blame HBO Max here. So I take it back. I We're doing the English dub. And yes, this is one of the reasons why I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I actually haven't even uh, given my thoughts on the film <laughs> before starting on this. That uh, one of the things I really like about this film is the ca- the cast in this film. Like mm-hmm. it, just fe- it feels like that they just had a really good chemistry with one another. You know it. I've heard about the after parties. <laughs> sure, whatever. I agree. Like the cast in this film is is indeed one, if not my most favorite. Um, I do love Mothra versus Godzilla as well, and that's an incredible cast as well. But I do like this one a lot more. Yeah, and I think one of the other things I like, I think, is just the. Eth- aesthetic of the film and how it was exactly. shot. It just kind of has of it is that the times. really it has that really good feel to it. Like it, it's, it gives out that nostalgic feeling. Well, yeah, it, part of it is the times because the the color of the furniture, how things were captured on film, the style of clothing, etc. um yeah, because you get the same thing. You get the same aesthetic with Frankenstein Conquers the World as well, which came out, I think, earlier this year in 65. Um, also, during this year, you had Ultraman come out. Mm-hmm. And Ultraman has 
similar aesthetic to it as well. And it's one of my personal favorites uh, as well. And part of it is not just due to the creativity and, and, and imagination behind that series. Part of it is also, yeah, just the look of it. It, it, I am an old school dude. If I had to pick a favorite time period that I have, uh, you know, seen enough of and I've studied enough of and I am aware of that I would consider to be my favorite, it would be like the mid 60s Japan would be my favorite. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been really neat to see how it really looked if you'd gone there in person. And when here a couple weeks ago, I watched You Only Live Twice, the James Bond movie with uh, Mihama and Akiko Wakabayashi. And its aesthetic is not exactly like this. It's, it's, it captures some of this aesthetic, but not completely. And that's a little bit of the reason why I enjoy that movie as well. Not to mention that one is crazy go nuts fun as well. <laughs> Years ago, when I found out Akira Kubo, the big tough guy from like Space Amoeba and kind of the tough dude from Son of Godzilla uh, and Destroy All Monsters was this, you know, nerd punk and monsters here. I'm like, oh, wow. Holy shit. Like, <laughs> that's some good acting. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Drat, I was going to go out with you. Uh, we're broken up. <laughs> <laughs> but, darling, why? It's Kumi Mizuno. Do you know who that is? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm an alien from Planet X. But, yeah, it's like I know a lot of the fans, including us, always had a crush on Mizuno. Well, and you know how I talked about Kubo here just a moment ago, how I was shocked to find out it was him who played this character? Um and out Kumi, Kumi Mizuno played the native gal in the movie that comes after this, Sea Monster. Yeah. I'm like, no. And it's because she's really not wearing any makeup. <laughs> but she looked really hot in that uh, performance, though. <laughs> Jason would do unspeakable things. <laughs> Here's a rock, and here I am. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> You know, for many years until the um, classic media Blu-ray of this film came out in the late aughts, mid-late aughts, you know, the, the only videos that we had of, uh, to watch this film were either, you know, you would record them off of channels like TNT like we did. Mm. Um, and then back in the late 90s when the 98 Godzilla was out, you know, they re-released a number of these films on the VHS. It was pan and scan. And even after all these years later, okay, I've spent more years in the DVD era where movies like this are no longer pan and scan my memories still go to the pan and scan moments that i remember distinctly from this film and other films like we just had you know our astronauts upside down i remember the shot where it focused more on fuji and not nick adams in that pan and scan version 
And this is one of my most watched tokusatsu movies every year. Like this for me is in my top five most watched tokusatsu films every year because I do love this movie so much. It's a lot of fun. And I still am like, I still think of, no, it's got to be Pan and Scan. It's got to focus primarily on Takarada, but it's got both Takarada and Nick Adams in the same frame. Yeah. Bring out the hot dogs. Yeah. There are a lot of folks who are really going gung-ho on extreme high definition for these older films. And I am the kind of person where I'm of two minds about that. On one level, I think it's good because I think as far as color presentation, you get the richer colors. The unfortunate thing I think, and I think this is worse than the goodness of deeper colors, the worst part about just continuing to try to just continue to upgrade the HD quality on these older movies and even some shows is that for some special effects scenes, you start to see the seams. Mm -hmm. And I don't like that. I love it more when you were able to watch, you know, the DVD or the VHS versions and you didn't realize, oh, maybe that was some sort of, um, you know, um, oh, what was that camera Toho had? Both Disney and Toho had it. Um, the special camera. The what? Rotoscope. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Um, but yeah, you can tell like it was some sort of effect where they took an image and then they put it in somewhere else. Whereas before you thought, okay, it was an actual model of some sort on a set. No, that's not it. Mm -hmm. And I talked about this before, and I think we've done the Return of Godzilla commentary where uh, just on the simple Blu-ray version, which is a, like a 2K scan, if I'm not mistaken, um, there's this one scene where Godzilla is partially over part of the the city and he turns to the camera roars turns back and continues on i didn't realize all those buildings in the foreground were inserted effect shots for years i thought it was you know ken satsuma on set with the models and no it was Ken Satsuma in the in the suit, and then they just inserted uh, buildings in the foreground as a separate piece. And that, it's just – I can't – I'm serious. I cannot watch the Blu-ray version of that movie anymore simply because of that one shot. It takes me out. <laughs> the DVD is perfect. But the unfortunate thing is because since I've already seen it and I know it's there – even when I watch the DVD version, it looks just fine. I know I'm like on the Blu-ray version. That is not real. Like it bothers me. <laughs> I am not a fan of turning a lot of these older films into extreme high def. 
I think some films do benefit from a 2K, but even then, some like The Return of Godzilla, I think, don't in some cases. And my my whole deal has always been if it was not shot at any point with high definition, you shouldn't put it in high definition. Do the best you can to clean it up and give it the best presentation possible, but not super HD. Well, I know when it comes to as far as the size of films and everything and how some of these films were shot in, like I know a lot of them uh, were shot in like these really high quality in film strips. Like long ago, you like during this time, you wouldn't even think that some of these could be uh, upgraded to 4K today and everything and it's like some some of the technology back then were ahead of its time mm-hmm. and so uh, at least it's sort of a good thing that uh, technology back then has sort of benefited things for today as far as when you try to upgrade to a better quality picture to be viewed on TV's on how big that they are now today like my tv here it's a 4k it's a 65 inch and you know just from seeing it maybe from afar you know if you're uh like brushing your teeth or something watching (laughs) it from maybe like 20 feet away or something or cooking whatever i mean you can still see what's actually going on instead of you know, trying to watch it on a really small TV and you don't even know what the hell is going on. <laughs> Unless you've seen the movie a bajillion times and you can and you know exactly what's going on just from the audio. Right. But before we before this particular moment disappears here, I want to comment and say that this whole Planet X surface area is incredibly well done. It's gorgeous. It's it's one of my favorite sets out of any Japanese uh, kaiju tokusatsu movie I have seen. And I have seen uh, an awful lot, uh, including – you know some of the TV shows and and what have you. Um, this this particular set is just fantastic. I love it. Yeah, because a lot of sets that with uh, kind of that similar rock feature and everything that we've seen from other uh, kaiju tokusatsu films and shows and everything. Some of them, for instance, they're kind of haphazard as far as rock texture yeah everything but with this it almost looks pretty darn realistic well and and most of the sets in this film like right now we're you know underground in the exeans base hideout whatever you want to call it and this is pretty well done too. Now, granted, yes, it's sparse. There's not a bunch of shiny lights and stuff. Yes, part of it is budget because even budgets by this point uh, for for the Godzilla series were already starting to be cut a little bit. But still, it, it's the whole fact that they live on this desolate planet, and the Exeans are controlled by computers. They're not like people where they need or want a lot of material stuff. Um, 
it, it and and it personifies the exam personality very well. This cold, empty race of you know aliens, and they're saying though they're controlled by computer. Could they even be potential? And this is something I recently thought of. Could they just potentially be robots and not actually like like you know like us you know carbon based life forms? Is that possible? Now, granted, we don't see anything like that here, but could that be possible? That or possibly a hybrid of carbon and robotics, sort of thing. Yeah, because like you see here, they got antennae on the top of their their um, their their caps. Mm-hmm. So obviously, and see that's something. This that's always been. To me, on some level, not entirely, but on some level, it's a bit of a flaw with the film. It would be wonderful to learn more and to have learned more about this race. Like, is there like a supercomputer that is controlling them? If so, is it on Planet X? Is it elsewhere? Are these guys robots? Are they carbon-based life forms? Are they a combination of the two? Oh, excuse me. Are they a combination of the two? Like, I'm getting excited. I'm burping. Um, <laughs> like... You know, what are they and and who are they? Yeah, it would have been nice if they would have gone deeper into their lore and stuff, especially when they brought him back in uh, Godzilla Final Wars. I'm not sure if it's been a while since I've last watched that movie. I'm not sure if they dived into their race a little bit, but it would it would be nice if they did kind of you know uh, talk about the lore of their or origins of the race and stuff yeah maybe maybe down the road uh, whenever Toho is ready to do their uh, was it Marvel Cinematic Universe-esque uh, thing with the Godzilla franchise hopefully that they if they do bring him back do some kind of origin thing of the yeah Indians. Um, with Final Wars, yeah, it's very much the same thing like it is here. They show up and that's it. You know, we don't really get any um, explanation. And here's the thing, too. I understand the counterpoint, too. And I think it works very well here, too, because like you and I right now have already spent a few minutes talking about it and we're very interested in it. There is some um, entertainment value in not knowing everything either. And I get that. And I'm okay with that too. But, you know, there is a part of me that's itching that maybe at some point we get a little bit deeper background. But... Mm-hmm. And this right here, you know, uh, and, King Ghidorah... Well, before you kind of move on, you know, you're talking about uh, what's controlling them and stuff. Maybe that little orb uh, thing behind the controller there... Maybe that could be the central computer right there. It could be. But yeah, yeah King Ghidorah uh, attacking here. Um, this. Oh, there's Japanese there. Oh, I forgot. This is one of those movies where it's a combination of the two. That it's the English dub, but then they insert. Um, um, it, it's the full movie, and then the movie, uh, the parts of the movie that were never dubbed and were edited, uh, you know, are, are in, the, in the original Japanese. And sadly, I had no subtitles to hear what was going on there. But, um, yeah, well, 
this is maybe my favorite King Ghidorah movie. Uh, The only other movie, uh, the only other King Ghidorah movie that I think uh, competes for this is uh, 2019's King of the Monsters. And the funny thing is, you know, like I said several times already, this is one of my favorite films. The kaiju are hardly in this film. You get like, what, 11 minutes of kaiju action in about a 99-minute movie almost? I mean, that's (laughs) very little. And, uh, yeah. But that just tells you. But as far as uh, the King Ghidorah version, I would have to say, by far, the 2019 version is the most badass one. Oh, yeah. In terms of the version of King Ghidorah, sure. I'm talking about the movie. I'm talking about the movie. Favorite King Ghidorah type movie. But the fact that you have very little kaiju action going on here, and yet I and so many others enjoy this film, it's very much a testament to the actors and to the writers uh, of this film, being able to put together something in which you're invested in your characters and the ultimate outcome too, despite the fact that it's a very silly film. I, because it is. <laughs> and Nick Adams, I, I, I've been... I keep telling myself at some point I want to try to seek out some more of his films. He did one with Boris Karloff, uh, Die Monster Die, at some point that I want to track down and watch. But yeah, I really do love uh, Nick Adams, uh, both in Frankenstein Conquers the World and this one, even though I, I'm not a huge fan of Frankenstein Conquers the World, but... <sighs> Yeah. I don't hate it, but I'm just kind of looking through some of the of his uh, filmography here. I do love the fact too here that you have the um, the Xeans are basically asking for permission, even though they are powerful enough to go down and just do whatever they want, anyways. And of course, that's end that ends up being what they do anyway. So, but yeah, apparently, from what I was looking at his filmography, this is his sixth of last film that he's done and apparently he was right around he in actuality he was right around your age when he passed away at age 36 but yeah he passed away a few years after this movie was made There was a little spaceship model. I forget what movie that was from. I think it's from um, oh, um, Battle, Battle in Outer Space, I think.
It's easy to see, too, even just by watching this movie, why this period was the golden era of, of kaiju, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or a part of that. Uh, just phenomenal. Uh, again, I personally think the, the 60s films are, are fantastic. I have nothing against the films from the 50s. I just think they're a little rough around the edges. Um, and that's fine. But I think the 60s not only improved upon that, but just because of where Japan was as a country as well. It was so much more economically powerful and relevant that kind of like what you saw in movies in the U.S. in the 90s when the economy here was doing well. The movies and stuff were not only being churned out quickly, but looked really well too because, hey – just about everybody was doing well. You know, it was kind of the same thing here at this period in Japan. And um, you, you see some of that in the movie. Mm-hmm. I've always kind of wondered because I'm someone who's wanting to learn not only to speak Japanese, but to read it. And when I took Spanish in community college, I was told by a couple different professors that I had that one great way to, you know, learn a foreign language is just immerse yourself in it. You know, either hang around people that speak the language or go to that country. But then I'm always, you know, kind of like, well, I don't know. But I thought maybe I just need to immerse myself in the Japanese versions of these kaiju films and these other tokusatsu shows and just just try to pick up on cues. But, you know, Japanese is one of those um, languages, too, where certain words and phrases blend together to a point where sometimes it's just hard to pick up on some of the nuances of certain words and phrases. Yeah, I I tend to watch a lot of anime, you know, with subtitles and everything, and then them speaking obviously in the native tongue and everything. You kind of tend to uh, catch some of the phrases and words and all that stuff, but I haven't <laughs> really yeah. done much of it. Even I've even tried do uh, Duolingo a couple of years back, and I haven't. Uh, gone back to it in the last couple of years so probably we'll have to redo it one of these times I uh, a few months ago when my wife and kids were gone for a week I spent quite a bit of time in Rosetta Stone and I got pretty far in one of the lessons but then they came back and then of course you know I got busy with everybody being around again that I couldn't go back to it and study it as often as I did during that week they were gone and so now I'm like for the third time I gotta go back and redo everything because I don't remember much of anything yeah I remember like Shinbun was like newspaper I think uh, Juice was Juice um, or Dotty. <laughs> uh, I think or coffee voice. was coffee uh, or something kind of like that. And then Gohano Kaitemas. 
after like <laughs> eating rice. <laughs> I like how Takarada acts like a total douche to Kubo here. Like it's just <laughs> the stereotypical like big brother, you know, you, you can't you know, you're not good enough. I wonder if my son is going to be like this with his sister's future suitors. <laughs> or maybe this will be me, actually. Probably most so, likely. So, John, I've heard good news. So, one of your inventions. <laughs> well, you know, I, be, I think a lot about my daughter, and I just don't know if you can make her happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd probably be you. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my house, John. <laughs> <laughs> and take the sheen boon with you. <laughs> Don't eat my Gohan. <laughs> I like the chemistry, too, between Glenn and Fuji in this movie as well. They, they're they very good buddies, but they kind of butt heads on certain subjects as well. It's... You know, it's almost like not just good friends, but almost like a brotherhood as well. Like it's I really like it. Another reason why uh, I love this movie again, it's just attributed to the writing and the acting. <laughs> Next scene, Terry's dressed up as Rambo and just goes on a rampage at World Education Corporation. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like I said earlier, where they had some of the scenes of showing Tokyo and then the overview of that the foresty hills and lakes and stuff. It would have been nice to have seen Japan during those times. Yeah. Well, a lot of Japan is like that. I I, I mean, really, all of their – a vast majority of their metropolises are on the uh, eastern part of the country because it's so mountainous and hilly throughout the rest of it. That's why their population density is so high because every everybody more or less, you know, is being pushed to the Pacific uh, majority Pacific side of of that country. Well, then you got. You also have some big towns kind of on the... Well, yeah, I'm saying like a vast majority, though, is like on that eastern side of the country. But yeah, with... Tokyo and some of these other bigger towns where they're you know don't have a whole lot of drivers and and everything they have really good public transit systems and everything but I would say it's really a walker's paradise you know I've I'm subscribed to some of these uh, walking cam YouTube channels and just from seeing that 
seen some of these videos from their perspective and everything. It's just, you know, you can just literally walk almost anywhere that you want. Do you, like, simulate your arms going back and forth like you're you're the one walking? No. (laughs) I think he does, ladies and gentlemen. He's just not wanting to admit it. (laughs) I actually don't. But it's just really kind of cool and unique to watch some of those videos on YouTube. You should send me some links so that I can check some of them out and maybe subscribe to some. Been spending most his life living in a walker's paradise. Uh, Godzilla, or is it? Spaceship. False alarm, it's a spaceship. Wait a minute, spaceship? (laughs) (laughs) I've always found it interesting, though, like in some of these kaiju movies, you know, you got the self-defense force there looking out at something, but then they let these guys in who are not military just kind of walk right in, you know? Like, these guys are not part of the self-defense force and therefore should have been kept back at, at the cutoff point. <laughs> but, you know, movie logic, to just, just to move things forward, we got to have our heroes be a part of, you know, this whole deal. See, they're keeping the other people away. (laughs) See, here again, like this Ultra HD, like all of a sudden I'm starting to notice portions that, I I mean, look, I always kind of theorize that, yeah, maybe these were bits and pieces of different shots put together, but it definitely becomes obvious when you continue to do that whole, like, CSI thing. Enhance, enhance, enhance. Enhance. (laughs) Personally, for me, like I said earlier, just when you get to a point where you just enhance things too much, it begins to ruin the enjoyment of things. Mm -hmm. So uh, Yoshio Tsuchi is acting here is is just phenomenal. For years, I didn't realize that was him. And when I did, I'm like, holy smokes. And then I started looking more closely. I'm going, oh, yeah, like his facial features here and and all that. And, and the fact that occasionally in some other films, you see glimpses of his Xeon uh, leader, you know, um, idiosyncrasies and, and things like that. I mean, Suchia, this is one of the finer... Uh, pieces 
of acting I've ever seen. His ability to just sort of improv some of the the physical hand gestures and and, and what have you uh, is just genius. Mm-hmm. By the way, I forwarded you a few links on uh, Messenger there. Oh. Yeah, see, there's some Japanese yep. right there. But yeah, I can remember, like, on the VHS or Monster Vision with uh, some <laughs> versions that you couldn't really see in some of the scenes uh, mm-hmm. the flying saucers and everything. That's the problem with pan and scan. Like, you remember our old VHS of Godzilla vs. Megalon. I mean, that movie with the pan and scan as well committed enormous sins on that level where things were partially cut off, mostly cut off. Like, oh, yeah. it was Especially just hard like some, to figure out the, what was going on. Like, in some of the fights where I think, if I remember correctly, Godzilla was being half cut on the right side or something of the sort. And it was just clipped more quickly too, because it, it was not the full version of the film and it just, it was a mess, but it was better than nothing. (laughs) I'd rather be able to see Godzilla's foot than nothing at all. I always like that part. It's Rodan. And the other guy, sure is. (laughs) (laughs) Good boy. Good boy. You're learning your monster identification properly. (laughs) But yeah, with you talking about the pan scan, at least this is one good thing as far as having some of these movies in HD widescreen format because I mean get to see how the film was actually shot in yeah oh now we know the answer can't you stay and get married no I was only using you for a one night stand baby (laughs) wanna go hop some drinks and do a little hokey pokey jitterbug when I get back here in a few days (laughs) alright baby no (laughs) that'd be funny he says I'm married when I get back and then the camera pans to his back and you see his fingers are crossed (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and then it zooms in like on the fingers, like a quick zoom, and then it goes boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and then, well, then she sees it and it's like, oh, you bastard. <laughs> and then Glenn turns around and is like, and he's like, what? Oh, damn it. Like, I knew it was pointing in your direction. It's like, you weren't supposed to see that. And then she's like, but Glenn, I am not human. And then, like, pulls her face off and, like, shows her alien or robot face or whatever they are. <laughs> I'm a magnetic alien. Ah, I've been kissing an alien. What have you done to my baby, you stinking rats? What did you do to her? Hills of beans. <laughs> Takarada's the only one with sunglasses <laughs> He's like the only cool kid in the whole flying saucer. <laughs> that is Takarada. I bet that was his personal decision. Because <laughs> I mean, look, he, he just looks like a real big shot there. <laughs> you know what he's saying? You know what he's saying? Uh, look at me. I'm a badass. <laughs> But all fairness, he is he is a big shot. <laughs> <laughs> he is a real badass of the whole kind. The funny thing is the Giga. man is so sweet. Like he plays these, you know. By the way, I have the his two Iron Finger movies that I have yet to even watch him. I've had him for like six years. Um I could have played- I could have sworn I saw one of the Iron Finger films. Yeah, I've got both of them. I haven't watched them, but There's a hurricane out there. That'd be funny if the controller's answer was... Well, we try, but they're gonna drop and fall. I mean, you know, you know what's what's the hurt in trying? You know, we're not gonna get them out in outer space, but uh, our technology is better than yours, right? Right? No. Oh, a film artifact. I'm a fan of having at least some, you know, like the little dust specks and other film artifacts occasionally uh, on some of these older films. I mean, I don't want it to be filled with all that stuff because then it gets distracting, but... I, there's just a charm in that, I think. It's like, oh boy, I'm watching an old-timey movie. <laughs> I would say that would be the part of that uh, aesthetic uh, discussion that I mentioned about earlier. As far as the whole uh, color and how it's shot and all that. 
It'd been funny if that one guy turns around and then actually falls on that dude. (laughs) 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 Sir, I was like, oh! (laughs) You know, there have been things like when I watch uh, certain TV shows anymore, (laughs) and when I just think about everyday life where I'm like, if a person did this or did that, it would be funny. And it's a lot of just dumb stuff. <laughs> you know, if you looked at the sunglasses that Takarada is wearing, it almost looks like the similar one that uh, Robert Downey Jr. wears in uh, Avengers Endgame. <laughs> this movie's better than that one. <laughs> <laughs> Not in game uh Infinity War, I meant. Funny is when the uh, controller sits down, he sits on a whoopee cushion. <laughs> <laughs> and and then he himself starts laughing and he's like <laughs> <laughs> It's like very funny guys, but it's not prank day today. Not today, Satan. Not today. What's that for? And that'd be funny if the controller said, your mother. (laughs) (laughs) It's a stash full of porn. Again, folks, if this is like your first commentary with us, we like to have fun with this. And yes, we love these movies, but come on, you got to have a little bit of fun with this. You got to have your imagination, uh, you know. Gotta have your imagination. Gotta have some escapism once in a while. You gotta have some fun. You can't take everything too seriously. The the world is dark enough as it is with death and explosions. <laughs> hey, how can he breathe on Planet X? But yeah, with the HD version here, you can see 
some decent sized holes where Nakajima can see through in that. Well, even on the VHS versions, that initial shot of when Godzilla opens up his jaw to fire his blast at Ghidorah, the lighting and just how it was shot, you could always see it very clearly. In this particular suit as well, um, especially with this movie, just had really large holes, I thought. Like, it's some of the bigger holes I've ever seen in a Godzilla suit. I don't blame the HD so much for that, because even in the standard def, you can see those very clearly. It's almost like a smiley face on Godzilla's neck. Yeah. Oh, oh man, I just noticed a couple really big wires off to the left there. It was only like half a second, but... I didn't quite catch it. it yeah, it was a blink-and-you-miss-it sort of deal. I think and I forget the da- name of that dance, but uh, Ishiro Honda hated that, and Subaraya, who had more pull than Honda, said, no, the kids will love it. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the middle of the road on it. <laughs> But you can say it's uh, Nakajima's sort of signature pose. Because <laughs> I know from a lot of the pictures I've seen him in, he always does that pose. Well, and then there were some publicity photos of um, Nick Adams along with Godzilla. And I can't remember if Takarada was a part of it or if it was Mizuno, like one of them was involved with it as well. I've got the picture somewhere in one of my books. I forget which book it is. But yeah, Nick Adams like... (laughs) (laughs) He's just kind of like, sure, I'll do it. (laughs) Sure, I'll do it, baby. Another wonderful set, like some of the interiors here uh, inside Planet X that are not, you know, the generic uh, alien hallways. It's like part of it is built into these caverns within the planet. Um, It sort of reminds me of those old timey Harryhausen uh, Greek mythology type of films. Mm. Or kind of uh, some of the science fiction with futuristic sort of uh, sets. Like uh, Forbidden Planet. <laughs> that and some of the others I can't remember right now. Did you ever see Forbidden Planet? If I did, probably be snippets here and there. Oh, you gotta watch it, dude. Yeah, like it, it had, it's kind of a longer film, but it sometimes deal with a bit of hard science which even for me is tough to sit through occasionally but it is so good leslie nielsen and and all that like it's fantastic (laughs) 
I don't really get the kind of the hand gesture that both of them do where they kind of have the thumb, you know, pointing this way and all that <laughs> once they surrender. What I think they meant to do, it was like a thumbs down, kind of like bummer, dude. That's how I always thought of it was like, you know, <laughs> this sucks type of deal. It was supposed to be thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I didn't learn anything. <laughs> Did you learn anything about our absence? Yes, that you don't obey orders. Damn it, he one-upped us. <laughs> the controller's just like, I can't feel love or beauty, so we got to stop talking about it. <laughs> and Juntazaki's like, you idiots. <laughs> I've always wondered if that case was indeed made out of the gold that's in their planet. <laughs> can you imagine the three of them having a side adventure fighting over that case so they can sell it for a bunch of money? <laughs> well, probably because it's the same color as you know the, the raw gold that's on the cavern set. Well, that's what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> one watch your mouth <laughs> well it is number one <laughs> I said watch your mouth <laughs> I didn't say anything I've seen there <laughs> I just said it's for number one <laughs> How can they find their own ways when they're stranded? On the I know. <laughs> well, I think what he means is like they'll figure out a way to adapt. But yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> they'll find their own way. <laughs> Two days later, there's some sort of invisible bridge across the solar system. <laughs> That's how Godzilla the game on the NES got started. It was about Godzilla and somehow Mothra, who was supposed to be Rodan, <laughs> found their way home. <laughs> Because the game ends with them fighting Ghidorah, right? <laughs> Talking about uh, Monster Monsters NES game? Yeah. I remember playing that for a little bit years ago. I like the sequel more, and that's a game that a lot of people just hated. But I'm like, no, it's like nice and strategic. Yeah, like luck plays into it a bit too, but that's kind of what makes it fun. Like yeah. if you kind of know what you're doing with it, you can kind of set yourself up for success. And is that the one that's kind of like uh, have that chess 
Yeah, it's setup. like a turn-based t- type of game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember playing a little bit of that too, and I remember playing the uh, the Japanese version of uh, King Kong Two. Oh yeah, huh? I can still remember the uh, the music for all those, <laughs> <laughs> and the Game Boy version. That's a puzzle game. What a disappointment. <laughs> People get mad at that Godzilla 2 game. The Game Boy game is so much worse. Even though I haven't really played the uh, Super Godzilla game, I do have I do have that game like unopened in its original box. Lincoln saw, like, he's been watching a lot of people on YouTube play various things like Mario games and Godzilla games. And he saw, he's like, I want to play Super Godzilla. And I'm like, like, Uncle Jason and I have played it. And it's not the most fun game. And he's like, why? And so I explained to him why. <laughs> I would say one of the best ones out of the Super Nintendo, as far as monster games, would be King of the Monsters. Yeah. <laughs> I remember you and I used to destroy all the buildings and stuff before we fight. <laughs> yeah, we're like, no, no, truce, dude. Like, truce, bro. Like, let's just, let's destroy the buildings, and then we'll just kick the crap out of each other afterwards. <laughs> and then, of course, Rampage. Gosh, I miss like the 64 version. I have ports of those on the Game Boy Color, that, uh, but it's that still in not the same. GameCube uh, World Tour. Oh gosh, yeah, I would like that one. Was that in the box of games you gave me when you gave me the Wii? I think it should have been. Oh wow, I'll have to go look now. Lincoln's excited about this winter. I told him, I said, we'll set up the Wii again so we could play the Godzilla Unleashed. <laughs> I, I've warned him many times. I said, I've seen Uncle Jason play that game and he always got upset. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's hard as hell. Because I the controllers suck. Well, I think it's... Should should have sort of the regular controllers. That radio looks a little grungy on the back now that I look at it. Duh. It's like it's been sitting in a shed for a while. Well, this is pretty cool. The thing is, is that, okay, with them having snuck in, right, wouldn't there be anybody, even one person that would have thought for a moment, hey, like, maybe these guys just aren't kosher. Like, you know? They wouldn't know that. Everybody has bought into this whole thing that, you know, the aliens meant well and just had a little mishap, but... I, 
can you imagine like maybe being a set designer and for moments like this where some of the um you know sets have to be ramshackled because it looks like people panic <laughs> can you imagine the, all right guys go out <gasps> yeah <laughs> you're just going through like swinging bats or something and climbing <laughs> on things to bring it down <laughs> <laughs> It'd been, that probably would be funny if that actually happened. It's like, okay, here's some here's some baseball bats, a <laughs> sledgehammer, but you be careful now, people. <laughs> I would imagine that, by and large, it's kind of how it went. I'm sure some planning went into some of it, but you can't tell me, like, trying to plan every little detail in a mishap situation such as this was planned because, oh, my gosh, it'd be so ridiculously tedious. (laughs) (laughs) Good, good. Use your anger. Let it flow with power. <laughs> Let it go. Let it go. Power. <laughs> that always sounded like a toy gun to me. <laughs> like when the gun drops and everything, yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> He's upset. She won't pick me. I'll kill her. I love his emotion there, though. Like, despite the fact it's kind of a silly line, the fact that he's genuine is, you know, it's great. The only thing, too, that I like is their elf shoes. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Keebler's Clubhouse Crackers. They taste so buttery. <laughs> Some more trouble. The septic tank backed up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who flushed the toilet paper? <laughs> I'm sorry if, you know, blue collar, you know, <laughs> shit jokes aren't your thing, but that's what you're going to get here. <laughs> It's a blinking saucer. Terrific model work here of the World Space Authority. I'm almost wondering if this particular set was the inspiration for, um, uh, you know, like the the set for Destroy All Monsters with the Moonlight SY3. Could be. Because, I mean, I would say after this film, you get similar kinds of sets, not only just for other Godzilla films, but Gamera as well. 
and mm-hmm. perhaps some of the other other tokusatsu films and shows. What am I going to do? Rodan's like, I'm so depressed right now. (laughs) He's the Robin of the group. Funny how they have high school style lockers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. (laughs) That'd be fun. Oh, you too. And then Glenn goes, ah, shit. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you're. When you were uh, saying that, I was, I was sort of thinking the same thing too. Instead <laughs> <laughs> say, the- of saying, oh shit, it's like, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's always the fucking nerds. <laughs> I always get stuck with the fucking nerds. And then he starts throwing a tantrum, throws the beds over. And then when he throws the beds over, he goes over to Kubo and starts just choking him. Like, ah, <laughs> It's always gotta be you. <laughs> and then Kubo's like, ah. <laughs> and, then, and then Glenn starts shoving him up against the bars and because they're soundproof the Xeons don't know if they're fighting <laughs> and then he's well then and then, and then you have uh, and then you have Kubo just like kicks him in the nuts <laughs> <laughs> oh oh man <laughs> Back to the movie. <laughs> the real movie. <laughs> you know, the way how the camera is angled there is like, why are you guys analyzing electric waves there? Like blue electric waves. <laughs> <laughs> Again, too, this movie is very stereotypical of a lot of science fiction movies of the time. Weird little lights and odd deals of lights and buttons and switches and knobs on random panels in the background. I love it. And then having uh, cast members and stuff with uh, clipboards writing stuff down, whatever it is, probably random shit. (laughs) (laughs) You got tape.
again, it's kind of interesting how they just let anybody in there. Like the priest is in there and the the United something or other women's leader is in there. Like they're just kind of letting anybody in these places. They they settled down pretty nicely. <laughs> Stupid nerd, always pessimistic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, would you like to go home to your little sound machine, the sound machine that goes beep beep beep? You want to go home to your sound machine? Not that fucking bad. We are stuck in here. Beep beep, your little sound machine. <laughs> Nerd and slaps him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. There's your answer. (laughs) She said things about we machines and all that. Oh, so you can probably say, yeah. I find it interesting though. Cyborgs. <laughs> I find it interesting though that AIP, when they picked up this movie for the uh, U.S. release, they did a completely they, they they reshot that scene with a letter that was written in English, and they had some random person, you know, hold it up. Like they went out of their way to shoot an additional scene for that. <laughs> I'll do the chokehold. <laughs> you unlock the cell. <laughs> yeah. Now take the key and jab him in the eye. <laughs> now twist it <laughs> until you hear it snap. <laughs> Are you sure, Glenn? Do it. <laughs> Stupid nerd. <laughs> <laughs> You could have a whole, like, sitcom with these two. (laughs) I like the punching sounds. In this one here. (laughs) (laughs) I just like how the Xean dude just, like, flails (laughs) after he gets punched. You're bothering me as I'm watching the Skittles randomly pop in the oven. (laughs) (laughs) Considering the fact that, you know, these movies, you know, for Japanese films, they were given, you know, decent budgets. But again, by this point, budgets were already starting to drop a little bit. And this is the, excuse me, sixth film of the Godzilla saga and all the sets we've been talking about. But then you take a look at some of the props, like the little bubbly boopy screen that they had there and all these other random things that you've seen throughout the course of the film thus far. It's just incredible that they were able to put all that stuff together and just, it's incredible. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. 
No, it's not King Kong versus Godzilla. What is it? It's not on DVD we're watching. We're watching on HBO Max. What is it? It's got Nick Adams in it, so that should really narrow it down. No. Well, look at that. Yeah. See? <laughs> he just earned the Megalon today. <laughs> To Tatsui, <laughs> you nerd. <laughs> Ew, gross. Two jocks and a nerd. The new sitcom on ABC. <laughs> Beat it, Tatsui. funny like they're controlled by computers and they're just like ah screw it we're gonna attack them now (laughs) I mean it's hard for me to believe we're at this point in the movie already and like we talked about how very little kaiju action there is in this movie you know again a testament to how good the writing is you have wonderful characters wonderful story you know things it makes it feel like the movie's running at a high clip. Mm-hmm. They discovered our plan. I'm positive they have, and he throws him into that electrical thing and <laughs> shocks him. <laughs> I trusted you, Fuji. <laughs> Once again, terrific model work. (laughs) 
And also the detailing, too. Yeah. How do we know? We're only just looking at this model to Earth. <laughs> Are those what? Well, kind of, yeah. I gotta check something here for a moment, and so it'd been funny what, if uh, if uh, instead of Takarada patting Kubo on the shoulder, <laughs> there he just punches him in the face, <laughs> and knocks him out. <laughs> I gotta go check something here quickly, so I'm bringing my son Lincoln onto the podcast here for a moment while I go check something. You're gonna be on the show here. Come here. What's going on, Link? Hey. Hey. Yo. Hey. Wagon. Rolling. <laughs> so how many times have you uh, watched this movie? I think this is probably my second time watching it. Second time? I think... I've watched the evolution of Godzilla before. It's on YouTube. And you say Godzilla trailer, sometimes you'll see it. And there was this, like, well, like, really weird baby Kong and Godzilla thing. It's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I would have sworn that you would have uh, at least watched this many times there, just twice. <laughs> I have returned. <laughs> Huzzah! Funny you say that, and uh, Ghidorah just lands on top of that uh, factory. <laughs> and see, the funny thing is, you're still like a few seconds ahead of me. It's, uh, I didn't even plan it. <laughs> Now, you know the original version of Ghidorah had, like, American flag wings and, like, this bluish color. Would you want to see that version of Ghidorah in an actual film? Well, I think we've talked about this sort of thing before as far as how Ghidorah was originally supposed to look, where, you know, overall he was supposed to be, you know, blue, and then, yeah, uh, wings kind of having that uh, red, white, and blue uh, type of palette, but I'm not sure what was the reason behind that. My guess is, over. but yeah, my guess is maybe they feared that 
the Ghidorah would appear to be the symbol for America, maybe. But um, but they still had that original version on the poster, though. But after you know, just seeing that original version and then comparing it to how he is in the films and stuff, I think he looks better as he is now. Yeah. Uh, what was it? The Godzilla store in Japan ended up selling a figure of that old yeah. uh, uh, that old original version. Yeah, of, I know. Um, I've, uh, I've seen some uh, photos of that. And I think, was it Bullmark have done some of those too? If I remember, or one of the other companies, or I, I think there might have been a few or a couple that have dumb versions of that. Godzilla.co.jp has an error exclamation point on it. Is the site down or something? <laughs> I don't know. It's been a while. I know that they're using Godzilla.com. Oh, they are? Yep. products and events and they're showing some pretty cool stuff even earbuds <laughs> and uh Seiko watch that looks pretty sweet 65th anniversary limited edition Japan like I got a bunch of books on on Japan like Japan history and things about samurai and and even some on uh, contemporary Japan because one of the last classes and I think I've mentioned this before one of the last classes I ever took in college was a samurai course and that was a lot of fun yeah and there's some uh, other YouTube channels that kind of learn more about uh, as far as I don't know if you've heard of, heard of this channel only in Japan with uh, John Dobb. It's like he I don't know there he he moved to Japan there in '98 to do you know kind of the English teaching classes and then he after that he done some work with uh, NHK there. And, did some stuff with Shuei, which is like the manga uh, mm-hmm. company there, and now he's uh, been doing his own YouTube channel for years now, and it's pretty informative. Nice. 
can't say anything than Glenn's binoculars enter into a bedroom where naughty things are happening. He's like, ooh, wait, ooh. <laughs> like, boy, these these binoculars are pretty powerful from seeing things that far away. <laughs> and the people just happen to look out the window and they're like, <laughs> pull the curtains back. <laughs> The other thing I like, I just, I just like hearing that sound of the rays and stuff. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Been funny if he said, Doctor, it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> and then a random cat just like crawls up on his back and he goes, Oh, hey, kitty, and then rubs its head. Disaster, it sounds like this podcast. <laughs> Today we're doing the Jap- Japanese commentary. Oh, wait, it is in English. Oh, but there's some of the original Japanese dialogue and scenes that were cut from the English. <laughs> it's, a, it's an amalgamation of both. <laughs> It's one thing about being doing things live. Sometimes things can be a, a bit fucked. <laughs> well, you know, as the old saying goes about doing it live. <laughs> Do it live. <laughs> Funny, it, it just like comes crashing down at their direction. 
<laughs> it lands on Tetsui, but Glenn and, and Tetsui's girlfriend are safe. And then Glenn goes, nerd. <laughs> and then as it blows up, you see the commander way up in the sky and you hear this scream. Ah! <laughs> and then he lands like far away. Ah! Because they're not under the power of the aliens anymore, so they're kind of like just kind of in this weird mental state until they can regain full consciousness. Another bad thing, man, I... You know, once in a great while I see strings on standard definition movies and shows. In ultra high def, though, they are just as clear as can be. See, like, I just saw the charges there across Godzilla's foot where all the, um, you know, the, 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 um, pyrotechnics were. Well, I know you can see some of that just on standard def. It's not as easy, though. Like, you really have to be looking for it. And yeah, they start there, driving their jeeps towards the monsters. But yeah, it's like on that one sequence, you can see some of the wires for the discharge. Yeah. Man, this ending fight, like when I was a kid, I thought this was a decently long fight, but still kind of short. The more I watch it, the more I'm like, man, that was like 30 seconds. <laughs> 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 It's like, yeah, it's bubbling. So what? <laughs> and then he pushes him down. <laughs> or he's like, Major, look. <laughs> and then talk around as he pushes him down. <laughs> <laughs> he starts acting like Cesar Romero's Joker. Oh, <laughs> If people left us in charge to make movies. 
people talk about Hollywood today. <laughs> Boy, that guy behind uh, <laughs> Nick Adams had beard. that uh, really serious <laughs> death glare. <laughs> It's hard for me to believe we're at this point already. And that is it. Yeah, that is the end of... I prefer to call it Godzilla versus Monster Zero. But, you know, either way works, except for when you're wrong. So, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, that's... That is Godzilla versus Monster Zero. Uh, Hope you guys had a wonderful time doing it. Um, Quick bit of housekeeping here. In one week, we are having our next podcast because we had uh, several weeks off here. So uh, what we're going to be doing next Saturday is we're going to be discussing the movie Invasion of the Neptune Men. And if I'm not mistaken, that is a movie that Sonny Chiba uh, stars in. And, uh, you know, it's sort of a tribute to him. He passed away here like a couple weeks ago. But at the same time, too, it's kind of an obscure film. Um, it's a film that I would argue maybe within the last three years very slowly has started to kind of creep into, um, you know, fandom and all that. People are starting to kind of recognize that this thing exists. Um, I've seen the movie once, um, and my recollection was it was a decent film. You know, nothing overly great, but nothing bad either. So I'm very much looking forward to watching that again and to discussing that uh here next week Mm -hmm. yeah and with uh invasion of neptune neptune men uh that is available on uh youtube there just like uh so yeah if you guys want to watch and prep ahead of time yeah and uh yeah as far as that is there anything else before i kind of not really just hope you guys really enjoyed it again you know we like to joke around we love these films that's just part of our shtick here so thank you so much for joining us and we hope that you join us next week where we talk about invasion of the neptune men and uh, before we close out make sure to uh, subscribe to our social media channels and uh we're on uh uh, platforms uh, as far as video format you can find us at uh, YouTube uh, Twitch uh, was it DLive Facebook and as well as um, uh, Twitter and you we've been also, having issues though with YouTube tell them about that yeah as far as YouTube uh, we as far as the multi-stream platform we uh, have been using restream and everything but um for some reason, I've been trying to test uh, everything and trying to comp- uh, figure something out. But for some reason, YouTube hasn't uh, been uh, really working well on re- uh, restreams. So um, right now we're using OBS Studio uh, uh, for the past several months as far as streaming things out and everything. And uh, there's a plugin that I want to test out as far as uh, doing multi-stream, so hopefully that'll work out. But uh, nevertheless, for the audio version of our uh, podcast, you can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, iTunes, and as well as uh, TuneIn. So uh, otherwise, that's uh, that's kind of uh, it for everything. 
So, yeah, uh, thank you for watching, and uh, we'll catch you guys next week. So, take care, everyone.